Hey everybody, welcome in to the Locked On Orioles Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Nuko. Today, part two of our two-part conversation coming up with Ben Palmer of The Pitcher List as he comes on to talk fantasy baseball with us. If you missed it yesterday, just, just go back to the last episode, episode 27. The first part of our conversation, we talked about the hitters, about how Trey Mancini definitely has the most fantasy value among the Orioles hitters, but we looked at a little bit deeper into the lineup, Hanser Alberto, Renato Nunez, Anthony Santander, and others to see what they can bring to the table from a fantasy baseball perspective. And then we talked a lot about John Means and what his true value is on yesterday's episode. On this episode, in part two of our conversation with Ben, we get further into the pitchers and where the value might potentially be behind John Means, despite there not being much of it for the Orioles. As we talk about Alex Cobb, Asher Wojciechowski, and Hunter Harvey. And then a bit of talk with Ben about the Orioles' prospects and, and when you should start to pick them up if you're in a dynasty league, You know when you start looking at those Orioles' younger guys in the minors, and what kind of value they'll bring once they get to the major leagues. So without further ado, here's part two of our Fantasy Baseball Orioles conversation with Ben Palmer and I mean the changeup you talked about you know it gets people excited I mean I watch it and I just I think about the Johan Santana changeup every time he throws it but it's you know kind of nothing else about John Means reminds you in any way of of (laughs) Johan Santana so it you know you kind of come back down to earth right there but but I I think a good look at him and and that's really what you think about uh fantasy wise for him is yeah he's the Orioles best pitcher but but do I really need him on my team and that kind of brings us to you know where down that Orioles rotation I mean the high strikeout guy from last year was Dylan Bundy he's off with the Angels this year after that trade and and now it's you know looking through that starting rotation is there anyone else who can who can bring value to a fantasy team and and it's okay if your answer is just flat out now <laughs> no there's um nobody that you're going to draft you're not going to draft anybody else in the orioles rotation unless you are in just you uh, unless you're in like an al only league i could see you drafting asher will just Woj- i can't even say his name it just i look at it and it's so many letters wojciechowski <laughs> I could see you drafting him. We'll just call him Asher because we're friends. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on a first name basis, buddy. Buddy, I could see you. I could see you drafting him in an AL only league where you where you only get American League players, just because you run out of halfway decent pitchers and and Woj can be a decent pitcher. He's got a a nice kind of slurvy slider that gets some get some good whiffs and chases it started off the year really really good like it looked fantastic he was able to locate it perfectly like right at the bottom of the zone or just below it to get some chases uh and and that balance with his cutter which is actually really good um and kind of offset his pretty mediocre fastball he has a nice little repertoire but as the season went on that slider just became less and less effective and it and he wasn't commanding it particularly well. It had a 216 ISO against it. So, you know, hitters were laying into it when he would make mistakes. So there's some interesting potential. If that slider stays consistent through the year, all of a sudden Woj is a really, really interesting guy. So in an AL only league, I can see you drafting him. The only other pitcher that I'm even remotely interested in just kind of paying attention to from a fantasy perspective is Alex Cobb. Just because we've seen Alex Cobb be 
really, really good in the past. Now, granted, it's been what five years, six years since he's been really, really good. Yeah, about that long, roughly. Yeah, but the key, the key to Alex Cobb, and this is what just frustrates me so much, because it's there, like it's there. He just, he just doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was because of the injury or what it might be, but he had this pitch, his split change, that was called the thing. And it was just this magical, incredible pitch. In 2014, the pitch posted a 21.2 P-Val. That's a, uh, a pitch value. Essentially, you can think of it as kind of like ERA for a pitch. It tells you how well the pitch performed in a given year. It's not predictive. It's not going to tell you how it's going to do next year, whether he was lucky or not. It just kind of is an overall value based on the pitches, uh, contact rates and uh, average against power against all that stuff. It kind of just says, this is the value of the pitch. 21.2 is ridiculously high. Like the highest pitch in all of baseball last year from a PVAL perspective was around 30. It was Garrett Cole's fastball. So to have a pitch that's 21, so good. And then post-injury and all that, the thing kind of went away. And part of it, I think, is because his release angle, his vertical release on it has gone higher and higher. Perhaps it's a comfort thing post-surgery. I'm not 100% sure why. But could be that pitcher, or the hitters are seeing the pitch easier and they're not as fooled by it. I'm not sure. But I want to pay attention to him. I want to see if the thing comes back, if he can keep it consistent and utilize it. I'm hopeful, but I'm not taking any chances on him at all whatsoever. Just kind of paying attention to him. And I think from every baseball perspective, for anyone that follows the Orioles, that's that's the sentiment on Alex Cobb right now. I'm hopeful. Um, and and, and at, <laughs> at the very least, he can just, I mean, even if he's, pitching around a five ERA and he's not back at the very least, if he can throw like 150 innings for the Orioles in 2020, I mean, they'll just yeah. take that at this point. It feels like, yeah, he just, uh, his, the thing with him is that because he's got a kind of mediocre sinker and, and the, the split change is pretty inconsistent. He goes to his curveball to try and get outs and it's just, it's so bad. Like it's it gets barely any swings and misses. Nobody chases it. It had a three twenty four ISO against. Like I said before, if you have an ISO above two hundred, that's that's really high. And his ISO was three twenty four against on that curveball. The, the hitters were just laying into it. This is in twenty eighteen, by the way, not not last year because he barely pitched. So twenty eighteen, when he had a lot of pitching. It, it was getting laid into. It was getting crushed. So, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. I want him to succeed, but I'm hope I'm hopeful. But that's that's all I am. <laughs> We're all hopeful. But but the last thing about the Orioles and and fantasy value before I let you go, Ben, is is you know around the Orioles right now. Obviously, there's there's some guys to look at and pay attention to besides Trey Mancini at the big league level. But everything surrounding the Orioles is about the minor leagues, about the guys coming up, about the prospects. So. For guys that have either, you know, similar to Austin Hayes, where has already gotten a couple of cups of coffee, but this will be, you know, his year to to be at the big leagues for the full season, or guys who will maybe make their debuts in 2020, you know, who should fantasy baseball players look at for either someone who can 
impact in 2020 or you know if there are leagues with prospect drafts and guys you kind of stash um, at lower levels maybe one or two guys that the people should be looking for in the Orioles system yeah so there's plenty of value to be had if you're in a dynasty league um, there's a good bit of value to be had obviously everybody knows Adley Rutschman so I don't think we really need to dive in he's good I'm told uh, I've heard he's a pretty decent player I don't know I'm hearing Maybe. the same things. So <laughs> yeah, it's just good. yeah, it's kind of we're hearing rumblings. Very underrated player, I hear. Uh, <laughs> but aside from him, Ryan Mountcastle uh, is a guy. Obviously, Orioles fans will know he is just he keeps crushing AAA, and I think he's hopefully going to get a decent amount of major league time this year. I hope he deserves it. It just depends on where he ends up fitting in the field because he's not a he's not a particularly good infielder. I think they're going to try and throw him in the outfield. But good offense. He's a good hitter. Uh, if you if you're in a dynasty league, yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in having him. Uh, DL Hall is also a very interesting prospect. Kind of a, a Scott Casimir comp is probably the best comp I've heard for Hall. He's um, he's a, he's a good he's a good pitcher. He's he's pitched well so far. Other than that, I mean, you got Grayson Rodriguez. I I'd be remiss to forget he's only. 19 so you got a you got a few years but first round pick in 2018 uh in a ball he had a 2680 ERA which is real solid didn't throw a whole lot of walks got a lot of strikeouts he's got four pitches that are all very good which is rare so Grayson Rodriguez is another guy I really really like outside of him uh, and that group, I'm a big Zach Lothar fan. We'll see what happens. Uh, he looks like a good uh, strikeout guy, good pitcher. But I also somewhat prescribe to the old philosophy of there is no such thing as a pitching prospect in that the rate of attrition among pitchers is so high that it's really, really hard to put too much faith in a pitching prospect. There are some guys that are like, oh, yeah, no doubt, easy. But all it takes is one pitcher to talk to the right guy, get the right grip or the right right release on a pitch, and all of a sudden figure everything out, put everything together, and then he's an elite pitcher. That can happen. So there are some guys that are interesting in the Orioles organization. A lot of them are pitchers, which is good because they need him. Uh, and then probably the last one, Hunter Harvey, if he ends up taking the closer job from Michael Givens, which I think is totally possible, could be interesting for some saves. Uh, if you know the Orioles aren't going to get a whole ton of saves this year, but if uh, Harvey ends up taking the closer job, which he totally could, I watched him pitch a bit today. He's got some nasty pitches. If he can keep the fastball around ninety-five, like he has been, he's got a real nice uh, tight slider. Uh, so yeah, that's probably it. There's a handful of other prospects that are halfway interesting in deep dynasty leagues but those are the main ones and that's the uh that right there is the most exciting part of our conversation probably for orioles fans because because at this point you know you're watching the big league games and you're and you're hoping trey mancini doesn't get snubbed uh for the all-star game again this year but but really you're you're waiting for 2021 and and the years beyond to to see those guys come up so Ben, thanks so much for for taking some time to talk some fantasy value on a team that, you know, maybe you got to dig a little bit to find it, but but it, it's still there on every team. And and hopefully, you know, the Orioles last year turned some waiver claims into a 30-homer guy like Nunez, a guy like Santander and Hanser Alberto. They made a lot of waiver claims this offseason. Hopefully some of them turn out like that and we can 
have you on again at some point to talk about uh, some fantasy waiver claims on uh, on some maybe hopefully breakout Orioles in twenty. Yeah, I mean Chris Davis comeback season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. That could that could <laughs> the, be the all biggest the home runs line. he's been hitting in spring training. You know who knows anything can happen. I don't know if that'll happen, but <laughs> I mean <laughs> who knows? At, at this point, Orioles fans would love it, but man, if yeah. Chris Davis starts hitting like two sixty and then he block try Mount Castle from the lineup, things will just get become a problem all over. <laughs> yeah, again. imagine that happening. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right, but but Ben, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me on. So again, our thanks to Ben Palmer of The Pitcher List coming on and talking some fantasy baseball with us here on the pod. And hopefully for you fantasy baseball players, that helped you out a bit with who to look at on the Orioles, but also the two parts of those conversations, really just for Orioles fans in general to get a more of a statistical look at the guys who are in Baltimore right now. And of course, we had a little prospect talk there at the end as well. Well, coming up for the rest of the week, tomorrow on Friday, our final episode of the week, and we are going to continue the player preview series and look at a couple of guys who were with the Rays last year and are now on the Orioles 40-man. That's an infielder they claimed, Andrew Velasquez, and then a right-handed reliever, Cole Sulser, and we're going to talk about the two of them with the host of the Locked On Rays podcast as Kevin is going to join us to talk a couple guys who were with the Rays last year and tell us what we can expect from those two as they try and make the Orioles opening day roster. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you are listening and give us a rating and a review. It helps out the pod a lot. This has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.